Hello everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I hope you're all staying safe and well. Episode 80 is here and it features the two guitarists with drought, Garod and Dave. We are also joined by Danielle from the Metal Cell Forums. What did you think of the opening track there? I thought that was really class. It is a great band and they have a really interesting history. So the band are called Parhelia and they're an instrumental rock band comprising of Greg Clark from Blessington on guitars, keys and effects and Cahill Rogers Banagher from Offaly on bass and keys. They originally formed in 2006 as a four-piece with Andy Clark on drums and Dermot Shore, guitars and sampling. Note to oneself, it isn't Andy Clark of the Crawling, by the way. Uh, they completed the lineup, and up until 2010, this was the most active era of the band. During that time, they released two EPs, First Light 2006 and Oceans Apart in 2007. A full-length album followed called Shifting Sands in 2009, which saw Philip Clark replaced Dermid on guitars. Carhelia performed regularly in Ireland, occasionally venturing further afield and appeared alongside acts such as Catatonia, God is an Astronaut, 65 Days of Static, and after an extended period of inactivity, Carhelia regrouped in 2013 to record their second album, Paul Rogers and Greg Clark Remain. The band no longer perform live but continue to work on new music. So this year they released a new album called Celestial Horizons and that is the title track. Certainly I think listeners to the show will enjoy them. And I want to give a shout out to fans of the show as well. They're actually two sisters, Annabelle and Rosie. Uh, Girls, much appreciated and thank you for listening the whole time. Right, let's move on to the main part of the interview. As I said, it's with Garod and Dave, the two guitarists with Drought. And be sure to stay tuned to the last track as well, which is Plague Trader. Okay, you can find all of these episodes as well on www.themetalcell.com. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel as well, The Metal Cell Studios. And once again, thanks for listening and all the support. Enjoy this episode. Hello, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I am delighted to be joined by Dave and Garod from Drought and Danielle from the Metal Cell Forums. How are you, lads? All good. All good. good. Yeah, great to have you, lads. Um, Thanks, Emil, for having us. It's been an interesting few months for you. I want to just talk about that. It's been an interesting few months for everyone. Yeah, (laughs) especially I thought you were um, building a serious momentum. Your release as well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it got a lot of attention and then you were following it up with gigs as well. So when it ground to a halt, um, did you just regroup and were you following a certain plan, first of all? Um, Yeah, I suppose we kind of, we had a plan in our minds and obviously we had a couple of gigs in the pipeline that uh, were now sidelined, but... uh, so we didn't really halt or anything like that. We kept working, obviously, in the background. Um, and it was kind of a good good way to kind of get some new stuff written, really, um, and get another another bit, uh, another release lined up, I suppose, um, ready to hit the studio again. So I suppose it didn't really stop. It more just, I suppose, stopped the momentum on the gigging front. But I think everyone's mm. in the same boat. And the two of you are the guitarists with the band. That's yeah. right. Okay, can you just fill us in on the other lads? Um, yeah, so myself and Grode obviously play guitar. Um, Andy is bassist. Um, Podge is our drummer, and Mark is our vocalist. 
Okay. Um, so in various different degrees, we've all kind of played together in other projects and things like that before. So um, I suppose and, this is the vehicle um, to do what we, we didn't get to achieve with the other ones. Okay. What bands were you in that we'll say Irish metal fans would know of? Sure. Um, so myself, uh, Wound Upon Wound, I played in a few years back with Dave. Um, that turned into more Technia eventually. Yeah. Um, I wasn't around at that stage, but that's the connection between the two of us. Dave is the most famous one, I think. Dave played <laughs> Cold War, so he's like, you know, internationally renowned at this point. I wouldn't say that now. Um, <laughs> yeah, myself and Garode played in um, Wound Upon Wound, and then uh, Garode decided he wanted to throw himself off his bike at very high speed, so <laughs> he was out of action for a good while. Um, yeah. So... Uh, eventually, Wound Upon Wound kind of morphed into Morticnia, um, and our drummer Podge played with both of those bands as well, so I've known him a, a very long time. Yeah. And then I suppose I was playing with Cold War kind of in parallel, um, so I know Andy, our bass player, through through that. Okay. Um, and then Mark used to play bass for Warpath, um, ah. and he also played guitar and gut wrench as well, so again, we know him through the, the kind of the gigging scene, and we've played many a gig with both bands. So. Mm-hmm. Very good. And what about the logo and the name? Who was um, that? Yeah, I suppose with the the name was more just something that really kind of stuck in our heads. Um, but I suppose the interesting topic of conversation now is we're actually looking at changing the name. Oh. Um, oh. So unfortunately, we we discovered there's a, another Italian band with the same name who oh. have just released an album. Um, and I wouldn't say they're a million miles from what we do. So. Oh really? Yeah. Jeez. It's unfortunate because, like, we got you know we got there first, you know. But uh, they put out an album, we put out two songs, so uh, mm-hmm. their visibility probably is a little bit higher. So it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, can't really I, I thought that was a fucking brilliant name, lads. Yeah, it's a great name. It was so good that it was thought of twice. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. that said, I, I I just said I check out Spotify. And mm. you're not on Spotify, but there was, a f- there was, I think there was two. Yeah. There's actually another drought as well. Right? Yeah, I, I believe yeah. Um, one of the guys from, I think, Conan, um, he's in another band or was in another band called Drought as well, um, which we only heard about afterwards. But actually, look, these things, these things happen. Yeah, like with Spotify, especially, like, you know, you kind of have to pay to get your stuff up there as well, unless you're backed by a label or a distributor or whatnot. So really yeah there's i think it's a royalties thing so for Bandcamp, for us was kind of the the diy approach to just getting it up there you know and kind of doing our own promo and stuff like that so fucking hell i'm paying nothing to spotify i'm throwing up my podcasts the whole time is it just how did they differentiate i think dave probably knows more about that i'm I'm not really very sure um just when i looked into it around the time it was basically you needed either a label to, to back it or a distributor um and the options I looked at were, oh, were kind yes. of out of reach You're, at the very start. So. Yeah, I think actually that rings a bell because I was asked, am I a band or am I a podcast mm. or something? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Jesus, I hope I won't be hit with a big tax bill now or some fucking shit. Now. <laughs> well, well, if you're not, you might find us starting a podcast instead of releasing albums as well. So. <laughs> you can call yourself the Drought Podcast. Uh, I don't think yeah, the Drought Lord. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And what do you think of the lads, Danielle? I was wondering, I, I thought it, you'd like their stuff, but I wasn't sure then about the, the black metal side of it, but obviously. Yeah, no, I, I, I was just saying to Richard, say I really enjoyed your stuff because I'd be big into like 
Mastodon being one of my favorite bands, kind of sludgy. And I was only starting to get into black metal in the last um, probably about three or four months. So I kind of like that you're not trying to be one specific genre. There's kind of everything thrown in there that works really well. Because sometimes there's just too much going on and you're just like, what's happening here? But it was very this works, everything worked, I thought. Um, and my favorite thing about tracks is when you can kind of go, Jesus, that's some riff there. Yeah. And, there was a, <laughs> there, and there was a lot of that, um, particularly in Plague Trader, when it like changed up, I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. But uh, yeah, no, savage stuff. Looking forward oh, to, you. to your next release. I think it, it all comes from, I think all of us kind of, I suppose, share a common pool of bands we all kind of like, but we all have our bits and pieces that each one of us would kind of, I suppose prefer, but it's putting them all into the big melting pot and see what comes out. Yeah. I was I was amazed that there was no blast beats in it. I was well able for blast beats. Uh, I, know, I think we were, we're changing that on the next. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been so easy to put in blast beats, and death metal would be as far as I go. Now I I do like Horenda. Oh yeah. Um, I like their stuff because I'm not a black metal fan. I I make no secret of it and then you've got like s- these screaming <laughs> vocals over like repeated blast beats i just go fuck off you know, not, <laughs> not, not a whole <laughs> jesus I, I was just amazed that first of all there weren't any blast beats and second of all it actually suited the two songs that she put out it was perfect it was more doomy sludge and the vocals obviously gave it that black metal side then you know yeah, I think for us, um, well, for me personally, anyway, I think they were the two songs um, out of the first initial set we wrote that kind of encapsulated all the different sounds we were going for. So mm. um, we kind of, we all agreed from the outset, we weren't particularly going to pigeonhole ourselves into one genre or, you know, be only interested in one genre. We said, look, whatever comes out, comes out. And if it's, you know, three songs in a death metal vein, three songs in a black metal vein, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. We can we can split it by release. We're not necessarily going to be like, oh, we're a black metal band, so we can't use that riff. You know, oh, we're a death metal band, we can't play that sludge riff. Yeah, yeah. If it works, it works for us. We said like, you know, the two that we picked kind of figured a fast and a slow one, like the juxtaposition to put the two of them together, hmm. and it has a bigger range. You know, because we could have just put on like, there's a song that we've played at we played live that isn't on the EP. That's a lot faster than even the first song, but like, then you're just a band who puts out two really fast songs, and there's no kind of like, you can't show people the breadth of what you can do. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, I think it was. It's exactly that. It's it's showcasing we're more than just one um, side of this. I suppose, as I said, we're all interested in different bits and pieces. So it's trying to portray that as best we can. Yeah, and I think it, you got the perfect balance with the two songs we've heard. Anyway, what kind of set list have you? In relation to live gigs, I know you didn't play many. How many did you actually play? Was it two? I know you were down Cork, all right. Yeah, we do. We just did the one down in Cork, um, and that was just basically before the uh, the whole quarantine mm. uh, part came in. So we had another one scheduled um, up Overrad, in Dublin. Was it Overrad? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some band. Um, Fuck me. Wow. Yeah, we were looking forward to that one big time. So we're hoping now once we can get another date um it'll be the same sort of lineup we'll, we're hoping to keep all those bands on the lineup and go ahead with that one um so but I, I, you only had one gig was it all together yeah, yeah, yeah. jesus that's mad but, you know i think like we we were all kind of collectively saying like we've all been in bands especially when you're younger where you practice a bit and you just desperately try and get gigs together and you kind of play a few sets before 
your first couple of gigs aren't that great. And we really wanted to make sure that we had the songs nailed before going out and just like, you know, show people what you can do as opposed to kind of just trying to do it for the experience. Like we've all played in those different bands. We all kind of know the ropes of this stuff. So we wanted to come out swinging and actually like <laughs> kick some ass, you know, and the feedback was great. So yeah, people seem to be, have a really positive reception of it, which was fantastic, you know, so. Yeah. I suppose we wanted to get the whole package as well from the very get-go, um, you know, music, the kind of the imagery and everything. Um, we decided from the very start, like we wanted to get our own lights, get our own show and get it all together so that we're, we're able to give it the best from the off, you know? Why do you think um, you got so much attention so fast? Is it just because people recognized you from your old bands? And I know the songs stand out on their own anyway, but... It's very unusual for a band that have only played once, released two songs, and she got on Overdrive as well. Um, I honestly, I don't know. Um, there was, I suppose, the uh, the intention was always to to try and push it as far as we could, but you know, we never really expected anything when we released it. We just said, let's put the songs out and see what happens. And mm. um, we we, as I said at the start, we kind of had a plan in our own minds. We wanted to release uh, an EP, do a couple of gigs. Um, before we even released the first one, we already had another EP um, ready to record and ready to go. Um, that's been kind of sidelined, but you know, on the back of that, we also have another one ready to go. So, um, good to hear. Yeah. So I suppose it's just um, having the plan in place, really. Um, like it's, it's funny actually, because you know what we were saying, like the whole situation globally had kind of slowed things down. The both of us actually pretty much at the same time bought there's a, a guitar kind of multi effects modeler that we both bought the same model of. It's an Impero hot tone. I don't know if there's like guitar gear guys who are. Oh, there is. They're all listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go so go both, for it. Yeah. Basically within the week, we both bought the same gear. And um, Dave's been lashing tons of riffs into guard band and stuff since, you know, so the time at home has actually been good for kind of getting the creative juices going as well. So just trying to make both of them. Danielle, did you go to that gig on the Friday night in Urbanus? No, I don't. I don't think so. Well, I was there on Friday night, actually. It was fr the Friday night. Sorry, I was there <laughs> in body. I was there in body, not in mind. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was there. I, I Gallic was the first band I seen, so I arrived about five or six, I think, maybe seven, actually. It's a bit hazy. <laughs> that was their downfall arriving to Urbanus. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, but um. Because I yeah, missed I the Friday at work. And uh, so I could only go on the Saturday. Yeah, no, I did. I don't. Brilliant. I didn't catch drought anywhere. No. You were um, there at the Saturday, weren't you? I think we were up the I front was. at the Saturday. I was. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I was around all right. <laughs> um, actually, I'd never played um, Fred's before when we were there. I played the Krushki Lawn a bunch. Sadly, that's gone now. But uh, I hadn't played Fred's. It's quite quite nice. Oh, the Krushki Lawn. Did you play the Krushki Lawn? Yeah. Oh yeah, back in the no, day. No, many many years ago. Yeah. Jesus we did, Christ. Uh, we did a few things there, actually. Yeah. Times, yeah. If you remember Winterfest back in the. Uh, yes, of course I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was at that. Yeah, it was great. Repeat. I was at a few of them, actually. I, I saw a load of uh, Hail of Bullets, Man of Mart, all those ones. Yeah, yeah. And was it. Did you play with Wounded, is it? For that, is it? What band? Um, you, you probably played Grode with. Um, Nocturnal before, but I know we did the Burn and Oak Fest as Wound. Um, oh yeah, the Burning Oak Fest yeah. as well. Jesus, yeah, yeah. They were two. What, what year was that, lads? Was that two thousand and something? Wasn't it? 
It's going back. Last I time. want to say it was like 2012. Was the Burning Oak something around that time? Yeah, 2012. Um, yeah. I think the, the Amon and March one was like 2010, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, that'd be about right. Uh, yeah. Mental. And um, did did you go to them in Limerick then as well? Did you take the trip? No, down? it was raging. I missed that. I'd love to. Have, I'd love to have been there. Garod, no. No, afraid not. Okay. Yeah, no. Were Were any of you guys in Slave Zero actually as well? I seen that. Somebody from... Andy, our bass player, yeah, he was he was in Slave Zero. Yeah, I remember seeing Slave Zero, my first uh, my first siege ever, when I was quite young. So, uh, I think actually they they played the first siege I played as well. Actually, I think now that I think about it, yeah, um, back when it was in UL. Yeah, that's right. Oh wow, that's a while back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeez, lads, so... you're veterans of the scene. <laughs> I, t I think it comes across in the two songs as well to be fair they're, they're, you know you can see the great structures of the song and the songwriting as well do you leave Mark do the lyrics or who does um, yeah I suppose we'd all we'd all contribute to sort of the concepts or the ideas behind them but yeah he he's the main the main writer um, and Andy then for backing vocals and again concepts and things like that cool yeah. and do you think there's um, a scene developing in Dublin now, a kind of a bigger black metal scene, black death metal scene. Um, yeah, I suppose it's always kind of been up and down, really. Like, it kind of comes in waves. Um, like, I suppose I never would have been deep into any particular scene myself, but um, I'd always be aware of kind of what was going on in the bands that were, were up and coming and making waves up here. And yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. Astral Tomb. Yeah. For a band. Yeah. I checked them out. Good sound as well. Yeah, I've been friends with some of the guys in that band for, oh, I'd say, 15 odd years. Um, and when I heard they were kind of getting all together to do a new project, I said I'd check it out. And they just sent me some very, very rough demos. And on the back of that, I said, look, let's get them let's get them involved in the gig. And um, we had a couple of other plans maybe to do a split release or something with them. Didn't, you know, come down the line, but we'll see, see what happens mm. now with all of this. Yeah. And AUKUS as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah very I good band. I think, um, yeah, Dub as you said, it probably ebbs and flows with Dublin, and it's. Uh, I think myself, because myself and Daniel are spoilt uh, down in Carcass. Really, Cork and Limerick are the main two areas now at the moment. With probably Galway, got like Galway, obviously have the best band there at the moment. Yeah. Anyway. Hard to argue with that, isn't it, Daniel? Ten tons. Yeah, it's tough, like, in fairness, to argue mm. with that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they've built up such an unbelievable following, like, not just in Ireland, but internationally. Like, yeah. It's, um, it's incredible. Incredible stuff. Yeah. We'd be good friends with Ronan, actually. From oh, Ronan. He's been friends with us for, great for years. Man. So, yeah. Great man. Yeah, we've been following it. They deserve it. They you know do, what? Yeah. And, and driving home tonight, I was just listening to the two songs again, and Ronan could comfortably at his own take on those songs, you know? I just thought, well, like, Should we tell Mark to watch it then? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to kind of go down more sludgy. <laughs> you did, get him you, to do a guest appearance. Yeah, because yeah, he, he said that, I think, in your overdrive into you, didn't you? Get you yeah, we're, we're very um, into that sort of yeah. idea, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Drought-free during Tintin Slug. Yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all for that. That's where you heard it now. We've given yeah. you the idea there. And Sharon yeah, might have to take that one. Yeah. Songwriting wise then, how many songs have you in the bag? 
Um, well, we've got the... out of the gate, and then we're kind of in the middle of writing two of them at the moment. So, the set list that we played in court that time, I think we had five songs. So, two that you would know off that release, and then three others that we've kind of had knocking around for a bit. Yeah. And then, yeah, two new ones we're working on right now. Okay. So. I think um, the idea of using an EP to release them is clever as well. Yeah. yeah. I think, unfortunately, the, the format of an album is kind of dead or dying um like i know myself i would love to to sit and listen to albums but i think a lot of people nowadays they just either don't have the time or they don't have the interest uh, or the attention span i suppose yeah. to sit and listen to yeah. them so yeah I feel like, you lose I, momentum a lot quicker yeah i would say like if we were going to do an album and i'm be i'd be the same like i love album length stuff but for me i love albums that are very much cohesive either just musically or have a theme running through them and it's a big ask to try and get that together from most bands you know you can do like a concept album or stuff but i think mm. we quite like the idea of working in the chunks and then having three or four songs and releasing those and moving forward yeah you know because you know you could be a band the the other opposite end is like tool or something where they have a record every 10 years or whatnot you know and that's... no no fan wants that being truthful they don't like yeah yeah I think for us as well, the EP lends itself a lot better to the idea that, you know, we're not pigeonholing ourselves. So, you know, if you release a, a 10 song black metal album, people go, oh, they're a black metal band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, That's a very good point. That's Dave. a brilliant point. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, it didn't, it didn't, well, I know for me personally, and I think I think the lads would be happy for me saying on their behalf as well, like it wasn't really our intention to do anything like that, particularly when it comes to the promo side of things as well, because, you know, if you do one album, as I said, you're labeled as whatever type of band, and then you only get a set period of time out of the promo for that and then people forget about you so if you get if you're lucky even three four months out of it you're not gonna have another album written in three four months so um, for us it made more sense to release different sections of our sound i yeah. suppose at different points in time and have another one ready to go and another one ready to go so the momentum could hopefully build on the back of each one yeah you could give two great uh, comparisons there and uh, straight away you know but Croza from cork um, who went just straight in for an album and then you look at Grey Stag that have just yeah. released you know two EPs mm -hmm. uh, and you know it's, it's an interesting contrast I, th I think both parties were happy in the end um, and I think maybe Corosa might go down the album route again um, but I'd say mm -hmm. I can see Grey Stag going for another EP Probably. Yeah, it's well, if you think about it, like the amount of promo you get out of each one, like unless you're a band that's you know particularly earning a good bit out of it or can do tons of magazine interviews, tons of different things, you kind of just get forgotten about after a while because the next wave of releases comes out. So yeah. if you're not kind of keeping up with that so. flow, it's just... I don't. You don't want to have filler tracks either, you know. Like you yeah. could have ten songs and three of them are shite. Like it just. <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly i prefer myself because i'm old school i love my albums for some reason i lose interest on it with spotify whereas mm -hmm. you know i I bought sepultura's new album on cd it's perfect it's in the car man and i fucking love it yeah. but if i had mm -hmm. it on spotify would i listen to the whole album i don't know i won't it's weird. I don't know what the fuck. It's too easy when it gets to that track that's just not your favourite track and you just switch it to something else. You know, that's that's what true, makes it too easy. yeah. Like, maybe I'm a bit of a hipster in this regard, but, like, I I definitely, like, uh, if I like stuff that I come across on Bandcamp, I will generally buy the vinyl as well. Like, I'll get the digital download, or I'll buy the vinyl and actually have it in the house. Especially mm. if it's something, like, 
if Invictus released something here or um, the Sarlacc stuff, because obviously there's an element of supporting the local scene here as yep. well. But I prefer to do that, you know, and actually have something physical too. I kind of maybe I'm old school like that as well, you know. Because mm. then as well, you like when you put it on and you have to flip the sides and stuff, you're paying conscious attention to the music. <laughs> you can't just hit fast forward. See, Daniel, Daniel, no. <laughs> What you think of all this theory? Uh, you're all you're all old. No, I'm messing. <laughs> no, I'm only messing. Um, like I, I get that. Um, I suppose I wasn't brought up in the time where vinyls were a thing. You know, it was mm. all CDs when I was younger. Um, like I'll probably go on the other end and buy merch from. I loads of like merch from yeah. stalls as well. That's kind of how I contribute. Um. So yeah, no, I, and then I love Spotify. That's where all my music is, all Spotify, between Spotify and Bandcamp. So yeah, no, I, that's, that's how I like things. I like seeing the, the album cover on, on my phone, that kind of thing. I'm, God, I'm very, very in the, the new age, aren't I? <laughs> Jesus, you <laughs> are. Very cool, yeah. That album cover was 12 inches by 12 inches. That's what I was thinking. That's true, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, that's... Um, and but you can is... take out the uh, inlay sleeve and read the lyrics. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> My mate, actually, Timmy, he put up a picture there on Facebook uh, two weeks ago. And it was of, he found it up in his attic, Master of Puppets by Metallica. The cassette. Did you see yeah. that? I've seen that, yeah. And the inlay sleeve, <laughs> you want to see the size of the writing. All the lyrics were on this like tiny little fucking yeah. inlay sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> and we read it we were fucking glad to read it <laughs> I love how you felt that you had to qualify that Master of Puppets was by Metallica like we were <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, there we go <laughs> for the younger listeners out there that don't like trash <laughs> there's, there's probably fans out there that, that fucking probably got into at the black album and just move forward like it's bizarre sure there are yeah you know sure, just... yeah like i would have started with s&m because that would have been what my parents were listening to mm, that's Jesus. how i got into metallica and then i worked my way back yeah so. that's mad yeah i think i used the black album and then backwards from there yeah yeah i, I mean the big four and stuff and how they get into metal and honestly it went from like hearing faith no more and alice cooper in my dad's car and then a friend playing carcass to me so i didn't really have this middle ground i just no. went straight oh. in, like jesus doomed. yeah i don't know i'm sure this is it's the same for so many people you hear something on the radio and you're like something heavier has to be out there you know, mm. there's something more extreme than this, and you keep trying to find the next thing and the next thing. Yeah, eventually, I think Slayer was my trigger point for that. Yeah, eventually you get to like I don't know, grindcore or something, but like you know, there's always that thing in your head of like there's definitely something heavier out there. Because I can remember like the first time I heard Heartwork, and I heard the blast beats on that, and I was like, that's the sound that I was thinking of in my head. I couldn't like imagine what it was, but Jesus, you know, yeah. yeah. But sure, you know, every younger kid now have Spotify, so they have all that. They have it on YouTube as well, so there's there's no real buzz off yeah. a friend recommending anything. Well, maybe they can on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Like, the buzz when I was a kid was, I don't know if you remember, LimeWare. Um, yeah. And, and, like, 
downloading LimeWire. So it was like no, never heard fi- of file sharing things. So like if you wanted to download a song, you'd have to go onto this and try and find the song. Was but Rapid Share one of those things, is it? Rapid could have been share. like Napster would have been oh, one of yeah, them yeah, as well. Yeah. 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 But like the pain of waiting like four hours for this song to download <laughs> and it turns out to be an ad. It's just like, <laughs> so that was, uh, yeah, that was my thing when I was younger. Jesus. Are you following um, any of the black metal scene around Ireland, lads? Eh? The likes of Gallock now, for example. That's right, yeah, yeah. There's a band, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a something, Invictus just released something based out of Balancholic, actually. I'm trying to remember oh. what the name is. I'm going to look it up now while I'm uh, Yeah, go ahead. Because I thought that was really good, actually. That was pretty impressive. Um, Balancholic. Swear to God, yeah, yeah. That was a, probably a one-man black oh, yeah. metal band. For sure, yeah. <laughs> There's a but few was, of them out there, isn't there? But it was deadly, so, you know, fair play to your band for doing it. So. <laughs> Would that actually be the ultimate goal um, somewhere along the way um, that maybe Invictus could pick you up for a few EPs or get you on a tour in Europe? Yeah, I suppose we're open to, to working with anyone who's interested in doing the same thing. Um, I wouldn't close any doors or anything like that. I'd be open to working with anyone who finds what we do interesting. Do you actually know Dara himself? Yeah, we've known Dara for a long time, yeah. Through the scene, yeah, you know, and all the gigs and helped Dara, him out. Yeah, he would have put Wound Upon Wound on a good bit and uh, he pushed us on as more taking it with Portal and things like that. So Yeah. Yeah, that Verklack are a great band, man. Yeah, really like them. Yeah, Debbie Bowd is is extreme. Uh, them and Malthusium as well. But after that, I'm pulling back. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's nearly where I'd start digging deeper to find more. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! But um, what about the European scenes? What are you listening to at the moment? Are you still listening to older stuff, or are you listening to new music? Um, I suppose what I'm listening to a lot lately is from further than Europe, it's uh, Ulcerate from New Zealand is a big one on my playlist at the moment. I've heard of the name, I wouldn't know much about them. Yeah, I think for me anyway, they play very kind of, I don't know, forward thinking, deathy, black metal-y stuff. Um, It's just it's like nothing I've ever really heard before, so really enjoying that lately. I'm just looking at my recently added stuff here. We've got like Mare Cognitum and Spectral Voice. So those are kind of like Colorado-based bands. Okay. Denver. Um, stuff like Primitive Man is like a huge influence for me as well. Heard Probably that. not necessarily comes through in the music maybe, but I really enjoy what they're going for. Enjoy is the wrong word because it's sounds absolutely horrible. Endurous. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a bunch of stuff like that um Acolith actually are one that came out this year which is a four track ep like kind of old school black metal very claustrophobic kind of production mm. be well worth checking that out um that's on amor fati productions if you okay. know that label no i haven't actually yeah yeah i checked that out that's really good and is the whole Norwegian scene, has their time passed as such? Um, I don't know if I'd say their time has passed, but I find, especially with a lot of the, I suppose, more modern bands, they just, it's kind of rehashing the same thing. So I'd rather just go back and listen to the original. Hmm. Yeah. I think it, it just, yeah, I do that as well. I mean, you have to take it forward at some stage, you know, and 
kind of mm. innovate on. And there's tons of bands who did that. I have a soft spot for, I know it's kind of more old school, but still kind of after the second wave stuff is Thorns, which is like that kind of industrial edge black metal stuff. I really enjoy that. I keep going back to that a lot, actually. Yeah, Jack now is watching this. Yeah. Gallock and then going, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> all Jack stuff, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your social circles, right, outside of the scene. Mm. And, you know, you inevitably people will go, oh, what do you do? And bloody blah, blah. Oh, I'm a musician. What do you play? <laughs> so you, you tell them, like, I'd say some of the stories are funny. Do you even give them a listen to what? <laughs> I've been through that conversation for a few times. Yeah. Like, oh, you play an instrument, do you? Yeah. Oh, what type of stuff? Uh, it's pretty heavy metal, yeah. Oh, you mean like Metallica? Mm, yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you just leave a go at that like you can't. Yeah, I think trying to explain beyond that is, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't land well with most people. And what no, about I think a yeah, few people do know what, what we do. Um, but again, it's more people that would, would know, know sort of a bit of more of a personal level as opposed to just through work or something like that. Yeah, because I always the work colleague will be kind of that bit extra nosy and then <laughs> you just fucking play, play them something, <laughs> then they're gone. Like, oh. <laughs> they're sorry they asked at that point. <laughs> yeah. You know, even for me, like they know, oh, Richie does a podcast. It's a heavy metal podcast. Mm. And then they're going, oh, like, do you be interviewing Iron Maiden and stuff like that? I'm going, nah. <laughs> tell us tell us bands that you interview and i always go well there's 10 ton slug anyway that's they go, that's actually a good name you know <laughs> when you say that actually a lad i work with um grew up with one of the lads from gamma bomb who you interviewed very oh late. right okay so i told him i was you were interviewing me today and he was like man you guys must be getting some serious momentum on. <laughs> <laughs> same thing as gamma bomb and i was like yeah <laughs> the gamma bomb lads are fucking sound man they've yeah, yeah. done it like this is the amazing thing about this irish metal scene there's some bands actually have got out broke out of europe hit america brazil mexico and came back and told the story and yeah yeah Fair play to them, yeah for sure it's it's just mad that like some some bands just kind of are forgotten about because they're probably a generation ahead of other younger guys coming through. I think as well, it's uh, it's probably partially a, an ability to dedicate as well. Like, I think it takes a lot to convince someone to give up, you know, a, a job or college or school or something to go off and do Absolutely. a two, three week turn. You know, a lot, it would put a lot of people off. Um, so I think it's probably an ability to dedicate, and, you know, a willingness to go the extra mile, I think. But that definitely came across in the interview, 100%. And, uh, you know, having interviewed so many bands over the last year, I could nearly pick out the bands that have that hunger, you know, and others mm -hmm. then that are just quite content just to hold down the full-time job. Like, because 99% won't make it, you know? Okay, the, yeah. you know. It's as simple as that. Like, they're just, just have your job and then create music and then do your tours around Ireland and England, you know, if you're happy with that. Well and good, I know. think I think you have to be realistic about it as well. I mean, I think the days of being a Metallica or something are sort of over. Um, yeah. So you know, as long as you're realistic, you won't kind of let yourself down, or you know, you won't be let down. Um, for us, like I suppose, I don't know, Groot, if you share the same thought, but you know, I know this isn't going to replace my job, so mm. I'm happy enough to play ahead with this and release music to the best of the ability we can. And if something comes of it, great. I'm happy to play any tours or festivals we can get, but. Yeah, I mean, we do it because we love doing it. You know, it's not about mm. that. 
it sounds like a cliched answer, but um, yeah, I I do this because I just love making music like this and always have enjoyed listening to it, you know. And also mm. the thrill of, of playing that music to an audience as well that want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, for me, that's the biggest point. I mean, I kind of, I don't want to say took a break, but uh, I kind of stepped away from playing in bands for a couple of years um, in between when kind of Cold War um, broke up. And after a while, like you just get the itch to do it again. So it's more like a hunger inside you that goes, right, let's get back at it. Yeah. Why couldn't any band get excited about playing The Siege? Mm. You know? Yeah. Danielle. I think that's the highlight of any band's calendar, really. In yeah, the it is. It is. Rightly so, too. Danielle mm. pulling up at the camper van, you know. It's <laughs> not <laughs> so my camper van. It, it, Richie always goes, um, brings back the time that uh, when my friends drove a camper van to the siege and we all were like sitting outside drinking in the camper van before we went in. Um, in the sunshine. In the sunshine, we all had like camp, <laughs> camper chairs and everything on, on the footpath just outside Dolan's drinking away. Was... Never got an invite, lads. Never got an invite. But I, never... <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, yeah. Yeah. I'm not one to hold the grudge. <laughs> <laughs> Every podcast since. <laughs> I know if we see a camper van at the next one anyway, there better be an invite. It'll be there, fucking yeah. mobbed. It'll it be will, mobbed. yeah. It'll be just like a party It'll at the camper van. It'll be the who's van. who of fucking Irish metal. It's going to be like the green room, like, you know, it's backstage. <laughs> Actually, there's one for you. Um, have any of you watched the uh, Siege? gigs there that they're doing at the moment yeah i watched the two of them i watched the zila cult one and then i watched the tombs one um i think it's a brilliant idea Isn't i'd it? love to take part Great. if they'd like to have us down plug yeah. plug yeah yeah john, i know john. john watches the show anyway or listens to it anyway so you know john, well, john okay. if, you, if you're out there <laughs> john has got this fucking list, list. Yeah. i think he's got a list of lists yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a great band aren't they zila cult actually yeah yeah, Particularly their, their last album, I think, was a, a major step up for them. I um, know. The right direction. Definitely, they have a fucking savage album oh, in there and ready to go. Um, mm. I can't remember. Somebody gave me a tip off to say that he heard maybe one or two demos and he said they were fucking brilliant, you know? Yeah. What made you use Track Mix Studios, Mick Richards? Um, we just knew it would give us the, the result we were looking for, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. And we wanted to get the stuff done, so we were hoping at the, the point in time we were recording, we wanted to get it done and out before the end of the year, so we knew it would be a good place to go for a quick turnaround. I think I've been there four or five times, so I knew we'd get the job done. Hmm. Yeah, like we recorded those two songs in one day, which is kind of a task for any band, but like Mick can do that kind of thing, you know, he's yeah. a professional for sure, so yeah. That was that was pretty much it. Yeah, we knew we'd deliver. So we came in, we barely, I don't think we, we barely had to go over anything, you know, we just kind of played the song straight through, delivered them, and then that was it. So Jesus, that was serious going, wasn't it? For two songs in one day. Yeah, it's a lot. Thank <laughs> you for the drummer as well. Like I heard Kieran saying it's always a nightmare recording drums. Yeah. So for sure. like, yeah, Jesus, mm. it's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it, yeah, go on. I was gonna say I think it's handy as well with track mix in the sense that a lot of the gear is set up ready to go so you're not wasting time, you know, finding the right microphone or finding this or that the other set up good to go. You go in, get the stuff done. So obviously Mick will see you again in the next hopefully yeah. few months, yeah. Yeah, we're just trying to finalise the plans and you know, look at kind of what we want to do, what format we want to release and kind of what overall sound we're gonna go for. Mm. 
I think if we're if we're going for the next release, it'll probably be something maybe a little less polished. I think. So I think okay. We're all looking at. That's interesting. Well, I mean, you have a dilemma now with the name, because I mean that affects your merch as well. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have much merch at the moment. Um, yeah, just planning it. So, even. Yeah, I think like we've got the the plans are well underway for changing the name, getting the new logos and stuff done. So hopefully we'll have that all released in the next couple of weeks. Um, once we finalize everything and we're looking to hopefully get then merch done at that point. So we'll have solidified it in stone. Yeah. Excellent. And gig wise, did you have anything planned October onwards? No, or are you, are you just waiting to see? We had um, the the overrot gig that we were putting on um, that was supposed to take place back in May. Um, that was meant to move to I think September uh, originally, but I don't know. I don't think anything to be going ahead. Say, yeah, yeah. I say we'd be lucky if we get anything this year um, in terms of live music anywhere really. Yeah, it's a bit scary, isn't it? To think, Christ Almighty. Mm. Yeah, I think down Cork. Realistically, I can't see Fred's running a gig. No, I don't think so. Yeah. It's I so really small can't. as well, which, you know, such an enclosed space. And I think as well for the bands, it's a bit of a weird, um, I suppose, experience to to play a gig where there's, you know, people standing two metres apart, not yeah. not getting into it or sitting at tables, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's weird. You might just have to investigate or just do what Elder Drew did and a few others did, just um, play a live gig at, like that form. Yeah. Like do yeah. It in Dublin, you know? Yeah. Enslaved are actually doing a whole tour like that, which I find a bit strange because they're not touring anywhere. They're just going to <laughs> just, oh, they're really? just broadcasting yeah. it to a different city every night. Really? Uh, well, I guess their their logic is like, like they have a whole album recorded and ready to go now. And they're going to release it later this year. I'm not doing promo for Enslaved or anything. It's just back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I figure they probably are like, God, we have to play the songs live somehow, you know, and do the promotional cycle for this stuff. So they're going to do, I think it's like two weeks of stream stream gigs. Wow. So, They'll probably sell tickets that way as well. I, I'd imagine you could yeah, set it up that you pay yeah. a fiver to watch them play. I, I would, yeah. Yeah. And then get a t-shirt as well an online t-shirt with the online tour it is fucking weird isn't it yeah. jesus yeah. christ <laughs> yeah. now we'll have fucking holograms of <laughs> motorhead on tour yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, i think the best thing to do is just take the time to get back to the studio and get the releases ready to go and kind of hope once this is all lifted you can get back on feet again yeah yeah i just don't know i can't see it happening I can't see it happening down Cork for some reason. I just can't see it happening because um, we just don't have the bigger size venues. Cypress Avenue, yeah. Cypress Avenue will get away with it. But then who will play Cypress Avenue? You know, I mean, mm. I think about... we have the same problem even up here, though. I mean, if you look at the venues, like for a lot of bars, it's not worth even opening if the venue's only going to be, you know, half or a third full. Um, yeah, so yeah. You know. How you get around that would be just do a mini festival and try and get the academy or somewhere like that. Yeah, for sure, that would yeah. work. Yeah. You know, and and you know, we nearly had it there with Monolith. Um, yeah. But again, yeah, yeah. Jesus, nice. that was some lineup. Did you see that lineup? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Savage. 
So yeah. while I've been talking there in the background, I've been doing some research here because I was driving myself mental trying to remember who that. Have you been multitasking about. while you were talking <laughs> to us? Uh, who, who knew? Who knew he could do it? He should be fucking playing poker out in Las wow. Vegas. So it's not Invictus. Apologies to Dara for claiming it was Invictus. Uh, I thought you were on about the uh, fucking Cork Balangolic band. Jesus, it's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So all oh, right, okay. Formori and Hate put this out, not Invictus, so apologies for the mistake, but they're called Curse Wielder. Oh, and it's okay. uh, four tracks, it's a demo, and it's just really nasty sounding black metal stuff. And it is, in fact, from Balancholic, so wow. I knew that part at least, but that's a class That's a class release, people should check that out. There's a Curse great plug, so what are they Curse. called again? Curse Wielder, they're called, I thought that was Curse class. Wielder. Curse Ooh. Wielder, from Balancholic, imagine that. Well, only over the road for me. Jesus. Black That's it, yeah. <laughs> we might jump in the car there, Daniel, and we'll interview yeah. him later. That's <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> Garot sent us up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lads, I'm going to leave you go. Um, brilliant talking to you. As Good. I said, you have, you have a fan base, um, despite only having two songs, but those two songs are really excellent, aren't they, Daniel? unbelievable like yeah. and the maturity you have bring like your ideas there it's probably one of the most mature plans i've heard for a band just mm. you know releasing eps bit by bit and everything so really we've all wait. learned from past mistakes and yeah. things being done wrong so yeah i can't wait to see what you bring out next Lutz. yeah absolutely thank you and Thanks. stay in touch with, stay in touch with us as well you know any chance we get we'll, we'll plug you obviously you know thanks Will do. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay. So you've been listening to Drought and shout out to Garod, Dave, and the other members of the bands are Mark, Andy, and Podge, is it, as you call them? Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. Thanks, lads. And um, hopefully we might see you on the road or we might get a new release off you anyway before the year is out anyway. Please, God. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. 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 Th